Greetings, skips and skipperettes from all across the wild and untamed electronic wilderness known as Internet Land, and welcome to Tales from the Jungle Cruise. So somehow, two years have flown by. Yeah, I don't know how, but we've had nearly 50 episodes, a ton of great guests, and we've really been able to capture some of the oral history of the Jungle Cruise attraction, as well as some of the backstage magic at Disneyland. We've gone from being a once-a-month podcast to, hopefully, continuing a weekly podcast. It's been a magical two years, and a big thanks to all of our listeners, new and old. So if you have the chance and you want to keep this podcast coming at you, there's two great things you can do for us. Number one is easy. Just recommend this to your friends, people who might enjoy the show. The second thing, and this is a big help for us, uh, we haven't actually plugged this for a long time, head over to iTunes and give us a review. That helps us get better placement over at iTunes and such, and helps us get some new listeners. But, you know, whatever you do, thanks for sticking us in your ears week after week. Now, this week is amazing. It's the first episode of Season 3, so we wanted to start it off with an amazing one. Skipper Joey Gassman and the illustrious John Patrick were everything I wanted in a big send-off to our third year of programming. These guys were talked about for years after they left, and boy, do they have some great stories. You know, some of the best we've been able to tell on the show. And on, on top of that, they're damn fine chaps as well. You know, I don't want to spoil too much, so I'll just let the stories do the talking. Thanks again, everyone, for a great two years, and we've got more stories to tell in the future than we could ever really tell. So let's get to Season 3, Episode 1, with Skipper Joey Gassman and Skipper John Patrick. Welcome to the jungle. We got fun and games. We got everything you want, honey. We know all the names. We are the people that can find whatever you need. If you got the money, honey, now we got your disease in the jungle. Welcome, welcome to the jungle. Watch it bring you to your na 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 knees. I was like, holy shit, Benny Lamaster. I also ran into Ron Jeremy at Epcot World Showcase, but that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> he had an entourage with him, like 50 people. I'm like, holy moly. You know, he, he gives hope to the ugliest of men everywhere. Yeah, they does. too. No, Benny is, uh, Benny actually exists outside the space-time continuum. Uh, he, he's been that way for a long time. There used to be a Benny rotation, where it was uh, Benny, and then Benny would break Benny, and there'd be another Benny that would come in and load or something, so... <laughs> I don't know. No, Benny is just everywhere. It makes no sense, unless you've heard the thing before I started recording. Um, but yeah, no, no, it's been, uh, we were 50 episodes in, we've got, you know, we've got good stuff coming up as far as other people. We just taped on Saturday with 100 and, 120 West Side cast members, and there were about 100 skippers there, uh, from about 80 to 91. Wow. So it was a crazy get-together. Um like Dave Atkins was there, who you know, became a manager later. Um, actually, there were a couple skips who became Disney managers, which sadly I can't talk to them because they're still with the company. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, they're not allowed to talk. They keep pretty short leash on those guys. Yeah, I can neither cool. confirm nor deny that I work for the Walt Disney Company. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good news is is that we uh, it does not screw up your rehire status. We've we've demystified that myth. Really? Yeah. Well, that's so, good. No, yeah, it doesn't. It actually, um, 
may, it may screw up mine, but it doesn't screw up anyone who's on the show. Unless you talk about things that are covered by the NDA and, you know, for the most part we've avoided that. I don't think we really have... You know, I am fully willing to screw up my rehire status. status here today. So with, I mean, you don't have to... Get, I'm pretty sure I don't have one. So you're, so you're, so you're, so you're, John, so you're teaching? Is that... Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. You know the I mean, details, but I'm curious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I teach public speaking and debate at uh, Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. I just got that job before that at the University of Laverne prior to that. Uh, Cal State Fullerton. Cool. I was an old debate head. Actually, my my school did first, uh, college school did first in national two years I was there. Oh, awesome. Gonzaga. Good deal. Yeah, Gonzaga's a good school. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I could probably should do that, yeah. I always get two or three minutes in before I say who I'm talking to. Uh, we're sitting down with a couple of skips. Uh, you guess, I, I guess we could describe you as late 90s, early aughts. Is yeah. that yeah, a I fair, fair generalization? Um, that's probably uh, the sk- fairest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Skipper Joey Gassman on, uh, I did, I'm pointing, because I do that on, you know, on broadcast, because you know, I have to give directions, otherwise I don't know where I'm at. Uh, and uh, Skipper John Patrick. Uh, John, you... I want to get this right because you had a nickname. Was it the incredible John Patrick? The amazing? What was the, the illustrious? The illustrious, illustrious John Patrick. I was racking my brain on the way over to remember what that was. And yeah, I don't even know where that came from. Uh, <laughs> that's just, my, my real nickname while I was working at Disneyland was Handrail. Yeah, that's. <laughs> you had the bumper sticker on your truck. Yeah, yeah. I, and I don't know who put that on there. I still have no. I assume it was Jim Doyle, but I'm not sure. Am I supposed to tell that story? Is yeah, that... tell it. Okay, so <laughs> one day I'm, one night I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm unloading people from the uh, the boat there at the at the Jungle Cruise, and anyway, this lady just like grabs my groin, and just sort of holds it for <laughs> for a while there, and gets out of the boat, and uh, and you know I go and I I tell I forget who was the lead, but Jim Doyle was in there in the office. Maybe it was Frank was the lead, and I say, oh my god, this just happened to me, and and they, they dubbed me Handrail, and like an hour later, Jim Doyle comes back with a name tag that has Handrail that written on it. Right <laughs> oh, the powers of management back or uh, back in those days. You couldn't get away with that now. Oh, no. So. Yeah, we were talking about that beforehand, is that the things that we enjoyed uh, apparently are no longer privileges enjoyed by... Well, those are pretty much anything that is enjoyed, is we, th- things like... Flexibility to the uh, SOP, or oh yeah, you know, there's a little or, bit of that. Or having, <laughs> or having paid holidays would be kind of nice. Or there's no paid holidays. It's, it's uh, when you hire in, it's down to four. We used to have twelve under the contract that I was under, and then uh, this new contract is four for the first three years, and then I think it goes up to six or eight. It's a really Oh, the, the, uni- so the union, are, the union they, has done some beautiful things in the name of the cast members. When are they going to just start hiring children and forcing them to work at machines in the park? Yeah, they can start sewing little Mickey soccer balls. I, I, I think it's too expensive to do that anywhere in the U.S., even if it is slave labor. I think it still has to be, you know, it's Paris here. Disney or one of those other... It seems like they could get some coyotes to uh, yeah. well, shuttle some... When you hired him, you were privileged enough to not have leads at Jungle, which was <laughs> probably chaos. That's true. Yeah, when I hired him, there were no leads. And that basically meant whoever was funniest was in charge. Yeah. <laughs> so what was your, what was your uh, so let's give the window because I always like to give that as a reference point. What was your what was your hire in and when were you out the door? I hired in on Halloween of '98, <clears throat> and then uh, I don't know. I, I guess I quit. I don't know. I, I'm not even sure I quit. Uh, but I just stopped, stopped coming to work. <laughs> yeah, I stopped coming to work. Uh, I called in. I called in defeated. 
Uh, that's actually true. I, I totally called in defeated. I called in in like it must have been two thousand two, in like July or something. I called in and Ken answered the phone, and I was like, "Hey man, I'm not, I'm not coming." And he's like, "What oh, are you sick?" And I was like, "No, I'm not. I'm not sick." And he's like, "Do you need to take a personal day?" And it's like, "I just, I don't think I'm coming anymore." And he's like, "So are you quitting?" And I was like, "I wouldn't call it quitting. It's more like I've been defeated." Yeah. And that, 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 that was the end of that. That, that. that must have been 2002. Yeah, you lasted like a month longer than I did. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because you pieced out and I was jealous. I did. Um, my last week, I remember our last shift together was on the Columbia. <laughs> and uh, we're like, well, this is my last day working the Columbia. What can we do? And he said, why don't you climb the Rattlings? Sounds good to me. <laughs> so here we are in the morning deadhead, just the two of us. I climbed up there and I was like, yeah, I'm not going all the way to the, uh, the crow's nest. Might be a little crazy. Yeah, that was high. Yeah. And then uh, then the call came. This was awesome. The call came around 11 o'clock in the morning. We need someone to go to Jungle to bump someone to Indy. Okay. <laughs> and this, this bastard pulls seniority on me. It's like, you're going. I'm like, dude, it's my last Columbia. She was like, sorry. <laughs> so this is where it gets funny. I'm like, well, let's see. I haven't had my lunch yet. If I don't take it, I'm screwed. I got to do a costume change. I fast track. I got to go from the Columbia dock all the way to cast costuming. And since at that point they had decided that the uh, that was when they had the brilliant idea to move costuming outside the park, right? No, well, yeah, it was outside the, the berm, but it had gotten to the point where they're no longer having the costuming cast members fetch your costume for you. You got to go through the, the racks. racks and rack everything and find what you needed. Well, geez, that took me a goddamn long time. <laughs> so by the time I took my lunch and got dressed and got back, it was like, you know, one thirty or so. And I, I get uh, Cecile, our manager, calling me up to the office. You know, I'm really disappointed. You know, you're a lead. You're supposed to set an example. You took so long, and we really needed that cast member at Indy. And I'm like, uh, you know I'm, like, leaving in three days, right? Like, you pulled me from my last Columbia ship. I really have no sympathy for you right now. Okay, well, just don't do it again. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to be a problem. Pretty... They're so inept over there. They scheduled me for six weeks after I quit, and they had to fill. They had to fill six weeks worth of shifts. So my favorite was when they were when they were going to train. When I was, I got, uh, you know, I guess I don't know. It's not a promotion, but I got selected as a trainer for Jungle, and my my ex girlfriend at the time was also selected as a trainer for Jungle, and right before she. There was some shit that went down, and uh, she quit, and there was this, they were supposed to pull her from all her shifts, and her jungle training to be a trainer shift, they didn't reschedule, and so that day, I had finagled my way on the Haunted Mansion Fast Pass, because those were in the days when Fast Pass was its own separate deal, and I liked that a lot, because that really meant a lot of standing by a machine and dealing with happy people, uh, and that was all right. And uh, long story short, I got pulled from Mansion Fast Pass, the Thunder, and I was, I was walking out, and I was just pissed, because like, she was supposed to have a training shift that day, and they didn't fill that training shift, and of all the people they had selected as trainers in that round, I had the most seniority, and I saw Dave Schoenwetter, and I was like, dude, fuck this, I'm quitting. <laughs> and, and he's like, whoa, 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 you don't need to quit. And I was like, no, I do need to quit, because you scheduled my ex-girlfriend, who had less seniority than me, 
as a, uh, to train as a trainer, uh, and I was supposed to get that shift. And then when she quit her job, uh, <laughs> and, and when she when she quit her job, she you, you didn't fill that with anyone, let alone fill it with the highest seniority person that you were supposed to fill that with. So. Uh, I'm quitting, and he's like, you know what, I'm going to fix this, you don't have to go to Thunder, you can get trained as a trainer today. <laughs> and it was like, that's the kind of shit that goes on there, is that, like, you just have, like, a bunch of people that have no idea what the hell is going on, and, like, not following seniority, not following any sort of standards, uh, it was just, oh man, it was just a crazy environment. I, I was told by a manager at one point, uh, and she was relatively new to the area, seniority is more of a guideline than a rule. Yeah. Really? Well, uh, no, yeah. a contract is a rule. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> when I signed the contract, I expected that the contract would be abided by. They went we a little were... wild with that guideline word after the whole Columbia thing. Oh, yeah, where that yeah. dude got killed and it was just blood and teeth everywhere. Oh, God. Yeah. The Dave Schoenwetter. I got one good story about him. He was, uh... He was, he was a good guy, by the way. He was a good guy. Absolutely. Is a good guy. Probably the best of the managers he that got we had moved, in he those got, days. He got moved to. Uh, no, he was still in Adventureland, but he came by the Mark Twain dock and he saw me up in the wheelhouse, and he's like, "Hey, uh, you know, we really need to put some guests up there, get some good guest interaction. I want to see every time that Mark Twain goes around, there are some guests up in that wheelhouse. No more, uh, no more empty trips." The up manager there. of that. Yeah, I know. Well, so uh, I obliged him, and the next time he came around and saw me, uh, there were two uh, 18-year-old blonde girls up there with me. And <laughs> he looked at me, and I gave him the thumbs up, and then uh, he just shook his head and walked away. And that was the last, hey, that's, that's, last we that's heard of it. quality guest interaction right there. So, uh, Did you interact with their phone numbers? No. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, no, you know, it's. Uh, I, I've always been amused by that whole, like, taking people to the wheelhouse. So you've got 60,000, 70,000 people in the park. We're going to take three trips an hour, uh, two people, you know, on an entire day that's going to be something like 50 people are going to do that. So, you know, rather than taking care of 1,000 people or 10,000 people, let's make sure 50 people get to do something special. Well, I was always, you know, I was always willing to uh, bring anybody up who asked. Because oh, yeah. as a kid, I it was always one of those things where if you knew, you'd go ask, you'd yep. go knock on the door. Yep. And then uh, you get invited up, and that's the way it was. It wasn't like, okay, we got to have the guy in the wheelhouse go roam the decks and find somebody to pull up here. Now, you see, you were nicer than me, because oftentimes when they would knock, I would just hide. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, see, one of, uh, one of the biggest mistakes scheduling ever made was John Patrick and I being, learned, being trained <laughs> on the uh, big boats at the same time. <laughs> being learned. Yeah, being yeah. learned. Yeah, being trained on the big boats. Did we do anything? Who, we, who did we get trained by? Uh, Jesus. Someone boring. Uh, was it Kristen? No, it Kristen? was a dude. A blonde dude. Eric? What? Yeah. We got trained by a blonde dude? Yeah. Uh, Pretty sure. I don't, I don't even remember. Yeah. Uh, time is a slippery beast. I remember that uh, when it was code 90, the pants came off because you couldn't see anything from the waist up in the wheelhouse. <laughs> that's, that's true. Code 90 and the boxer and the boxer runs? Yep. Those were the best. I, I, I remember one time I brought my guitar into the wheelhouse and just played guitar all day and like would have people bump around me. <laughs> and then I would go to lunch and, and then I'd come back and play guitar. 
Well, you also had your themed cup on the Columbia, and you were the first cast member I knew that was able to drink on stage with management's permission. Well, you know, you know how that went down was uh, I had that, that that big metal cup, and I always had it full of water, and uh, nobody said anything for the longest time. And then what was her name? Gugliamo. Oh, yeah. Christina Gugliamo oh, came down and she was like, "You're not supposed to be drinking on stage." And I was like, "I know that, but California law says otherwise, and I'm going to do what I want to do that's legal until, uh, yeah, <laughs> until it's not legal." So you know, when you when you guys were at Jungle, did they have the? No, we, there was see, no drinking on stage. You see, we we uh, they lifted that because of the California issues that. On Code 90s, we actually could have water on the boat. Sure. Yeah. We just put the cup on the side, you know, down by the, not the throttle, the other side. Yeah. Um, which led to hijinks of its own and water fights. and But, yeah, when it, I mean, when it gets hot in a jungle, it's a different animal because of all the yeah. canopy. Well, so you've got to have some water on What was there. nice about being on the west side was we you, you could roll your sleeves up and all that. Yeah. Except for when they screwed up the costuming. Uh, I guess it became technically fall at one point, and so since in Florida they were no longer no longer issuing shorts, they told Anaheim they're no longer issuing shorts. It was 95 degrees, and uh, I went to costuming and I raised hell. I'm like, I'm not wearing long pants. Well, that was the thing about the Columbia was that it was always 10 degrees hotter on the Columbia than it was anywhere else in the yeah. park. So code oh. 90 on Main Street meant nothing compared to Columbia. It's just a giant reflecting dish. And, and that's that's when I was just like, you know, if that's when I went to bat for my cup of water. I was like, hey, look, if you want to take me to task and say that the official Disney measurement isn't 90 degrees, that's fine. But I will bring my own thermometer and I will put it on the boat and I will I will I will see the pants off you people for my right to have water. Little yeah, things. it was just classic uh, ineptitude from management. Like, oh, no, we'll see. We'll see. It's not 90 degrees yet. The, the all call hasn't been issued, so it's not 90 degrees. Oh yeah. See, I, I want to get. I and I've talked to a couple ex-managers who are no longer with the company. I kind of. I mean, yes, there were shenanigans all the damn time. I kind of want to hear their viewpoint on some of this stuff, though, because you got to imagine that those guys are, are stuck in a vice between their bosses and legal and the cast members. I mean, I, I'm I'm sure, and like. I mean, let's be clear. The the corporate system is one in which middle management has no job security. So they have to make a choice between protecting themselves and doing what's right. And when people are put in a position to protect themselves or do what's right, you can imagine what they're going to do yep. in most instances. Uh, and and the, that's the real <laughs> that's the real crux of that place, is that it, it, it the Disney Corporation has literally con- created conditions that encourage people to abandon morality. <laughs> in order to keep their jobs. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, you know, to some extent, I, I do feel bad for people that are caught in that position, but, like... It's Franz Kafka's Disneyland. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, like, when you, when you look at someone in 89-degree weather and tell them, no, you can't unbutton that button, no, you can't take off that hat, no, you can't have a drink of water, because that one degree yeah. is all the difference in yeah. the world, uh... Please, kiss my ass. <laughs> well, we had one manager. I think he's the only guy I ever liked. Greg Stone. Greg Stone was the greatest manager on the face of the planet. At, at the time, I was working Treehouse. And uh, he came up there to the bridge. I'll never forget this. He and uh, this other guy, Luis, that worked there, who uh, um, wasn't into chicks, we'll put it that way. 
So Greg comes up there, and he's like, Hey, how's it going, guys? Pretty good, Greg. What's happening? Oh, nothing much. Hey, uh, we're all guys here, right? Yeah, technically that's true. <laughs> and he says, Man, I gotta tell you about when I went to Thailand. And, uh, he starts talking about this strip club he went to, and he says, The way you would tip the girls is you would leave a stack of quarters on the table, and they would squat down and pick up. You tell them how much to take, and uh, you tell them a buck fifty, and they pick up two bucks and give you your change. <laughs> and we were like, "Whoa, dude!" Luis's eyes were as big around as saucers. I'm like, oh, did I just hear that from a manager? But he was really the coolest guy. He would listen to, he would listen to you. He would listen to your concerns, and he would try to do something about it. Yeah. The guy had a kid, and he got fired. Yeah. And uh, that that was just a good sign of the way things were heading back then. We had Hal. Oh, God, Hal. Remember, yeah. Uh, Mr. Black Angus. So, yeah. Uh, I, one of the best parts, before we get into Hal, one of the best parts of, of Greg was that he looked exactly like the dude on the Sam Adams bottle. <laughs> like, just, like, completely. It was, it was uncanny. But Hal, Hal was probably the worst managerial experiment of all time. Because... Uh, this was when Disney, I guess this was like sort of at the beginning of when Disney decided that promoting management from within was not the thing to do. And I don't, I don't know why you make that decision, but okay, that's the decision you make. Yep. Sure. And, uh, so, this guy comes from Black Angus. And he's made the primary manager for the Jungle Cruise. I don't know if it still works that way or not, but like you would have these managers and like their right, yeah. their main focus was this attraction and that was their home and whatever. And I, I don't know if that was ever true or if that was just some bullshit they made up to make people feel special. But that was the way it was supposed to be. And this guy Hal just really clueless. I mean, I, I have he to date stands as the single worst manager I've worked for in any organization ever. And uh and you're in academia, so that's a huge, <laughs> huge statement. It, it, he really is just awful. And uh, anyway, one day, my girlfriend at the time, uh, she's standing on the Jungle Cruise dock, and this guy, what the hell is that dude's name? Ray. Ray. Oh, my God. This guy, Ray. Not the old homeless one, the other one. <laughs> I forgot about homeless Ray. Uh, yes, pre-Ray Ray, 1.0, I guess. Uh, this guy was just, like, coked out of his mind all the time. Uh, probably meth, really. Uh, and, anyway... Actually, with that era, probably crack. Yeah, no, yeah. No, meth, was, would have, meth would have come a little later. It I was think. not crack, it was meth. Sergio, you remember Sergio? Yeah. He, uh, uh Sergio. he witnessed Ray pull out a piece of aluminum foil with a line of, uh, powder substance and proceed to snort it in boat storage. And when he uh, wrote a statement and presented it to Hal, he says, nah, can't prove it, and threw it away. Well, that, that, that was the whole story with Hal, because when this guy Ray, uh, one day on the dock, walked up to my, my ex-girlfriend, uh, and he just literally just punched her in the tent. And I've got to confirm, what was the velocity of said punch to said tit? You know, I, don't, I wasn't present for the tit punch. Uh, and Lord knows she probably deserved it. <laughs> but, 
Not a pleasurable one. <laughs> not a, not a, not yeah, not not a pleasurable one. And uh, so and she was upset, and, and in all honesty, she had every right to be upset, uh, regardless of, of whatever differences she and I have. Uh, walking up to someone and punching them on any part of their body is not good, and walking up to a woman and punching her in the boob is certainly not an acceptable behavior. And she went and she told this guy Hal this, and Hal's response to her was, and this is as, as accurately as I can remember the quote in these days, uh, we don't need you spreading rumors around here, little lady. Uh, this isn't one of your sewing circles. Yes. Wow. Yeah. And so that that began her uh, slippery decline into becoming disgruntled. An anarchist. Yeah, and uh, me as well. And so... Uh, well, and, you know, and you, you, you wonder, first of all, what's the reference point for someone to really use the term sewing circle yeah. mm. in that context? Yeah. You know, where, where does that come from in someone's past? <laughs> what decade did you grow up in? <laughs> yeah. When the what? hell was the last time there were sewing circles in America? Since we have... Since we, have race, Portland. since we have yeah. Ray sort of on the table, uh, he had a very classic guest complaint. Uh, he was coming around by the Python, and uh, it's at the end of the tour, and this uh, woman up near the front of the boat says, You know what? You're not very funny. And then he looks at her and says, You know what? You're fat. <laughs> <laughs> it was astonishing to read that guest complaint like, Wow, you really said that, and you didn't get fired. Or disciplined or anything. The guy quit on his own terms when he was done after everything that he did was unbelievable. I, I kind of have to give someone props for that because, you know, yeah. if you deliver that in the right way, that's pretty funny. Oh, we had some awesome guest complaints. My favorite guest complaint that I got accused with that was not me. The, the Mark Twain. No, I have two. Oh. The Mark Twain, I have two guest complaints that I just think are epic. The first one was on the Jungle Cruise where Lisa comes down and she's like, John... This guest complaint identifies a blonde male Jungle Cruise skipper. Did you, when they helped someone into the boat, did you say, that mama's got a big fat ass? No, yo. It said yo. <laughs> yo. On the complaint. And we put it on the board. <laughs> and that was like the one time I was just like, I, I, I remember looking at it and I was like, Lisa... I wish that I could take credit for that. Because that's amazing. Who would say that? Right? Like, and then the other one, there was, this, there was this lady in a wheelchair. I'm working the Mark Twain. And this lady in the wheelchair, she comes to the front. And she says, I want to get on the boat. I need, you know, assistance getting on the boat. And I said, okay, good. Stay right here at the gate. And I will make sure that you get on before everybody else. The boat comes in. She's not at the gate. I open the gate. The people get on. She comes wheeling up. And she was like, I told you that I needed help getting on the boat, and now there's no place for me to sit. And I was like, well... No, I believe that. I believe the exact word she said was, they ain't no chance for me to sit in. That's true. That, that is, that is, that's true. And... <laughs> and, I, and I was like, well, you can take your wheelchair on the boat. She's like, I don't want to be in this chair. And I was like... Okay, so I ran over to that restaurant. What is it, the Riverbell? Yeah. And I stole a chair from the restaurant, brought it onto the boat so that she could sit in a chair and she could take that chair to any place on the boat that she wanted. And uh, and, and 
I, I told her where. Doesn't the twain have the twain has chairs? It, it does, does have but chairs. They disappear real quick. Okay, so yeah. someone basically no one was willing to give up a There's seat. There's a lot of trampling. No one was willing to give up a seat for a girl in a wheelchair. Right. Yeah. So anyway, I solved her problem, and she went to city hall and filed a complaint. And I remember Julie came down, and she was. She said, "We got a complaint, but we're not sure if it's a complaint." <laughs> Because it's 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 clearly very angry, but it also talks about how you helped someone. <laughs> yeah, she she wrote in the complaint that he went and got her a chair. He went out of his way and got her a chair from the restaurant, brought it on the boat, and put it anywhere she wanted. Yeah, how dare you? It was insane. How like, dare you? What what inspires that <laughs> sort of behavior? You you did me a favor. Now I'm going to complain about you. Were you there when the tree fell over? Yeah. It was me and you. I was in the wheelhouse. And yeah. I heard this crack. And Chris Larson was downstairs. Yeah. And I was on the dock. And the tree fell over. And I handed Chris Larson the rope and I was like, just go. And then we ran over to pull the guy out from under the tree. Well, the only thing that saved this one woman I remember was the popcorn cart. Yeah. It was destroyed, but she was alive. Mm-hmm. She would have been destroyed. Um, yeah, that was the most horrible cracking sound. And then I remember being in the wheelhouse and I'm on the radio like, uh... What do I do here? And they're like, dispatch the boat. Do I need to ring the bell? Uh, yeah, but softly. That's what came back from management. <laughs> but softly. Do you remember when that lady's leg fell off at Jungle? Oh, when it exploded? Yeah. Oh, God. An elderly, obese woman trying to get out of the boat, and her leg just explodes when she can't manage to get out of the boat all the way. Off the step, by the way, the, the step yeah. that we had. And she steps back down and puts all of her weight onto that leg, and her skin just exploded. Yeah. yeah. I, I was on a boat with a guy on a cell phone at front load. Uh, it's on a cell phone in glasses and flip-flops. Uh, no offense. And uh, <laughs> he, he puts his foot down, and, he, and it slips on the edge of the step, oh. and it goes all the way into the engine house, house inside of it. And... Uh, Literally the, the worst crack you can imagine, oh. and the the bone just juts right out of the the skin. And the the, the skipper uh, skipper Jessica, who's a friend of mine, I, I gotta tell you, she held it together at the throttle. She didn't panic. As soon as it was over, she went backstage and tossed her cookies. But I mean, it was just literally like it was like someone took a Ziploc bag of red Jello and threw it against the. The oh. boat. I mean, it was just. I mean, let's be real. That place is just a hotbed for death and destruction. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's... Yeah. There, there were some terrible accidents just while I was working there at other other attractions. There was a, a little girl that had her toes cut off by, uh, I think Alice in Wonderland. Oh no! You and, know, it uh, was. Um, was it Alice? It was Alice. There was it, also it was, the little was girl one of the that ones... lost her finger at uh, Fort Wilderness in the yeah, guns. In the guns, but no, there was one of the vehicles. That clamshells and it wasn't mansion. One of the dark rides, maybe that, that clamshells up and closes well, that Alice, way. Doesn't Alice clamshell? No, no. Alice just has a lap bar. Yeah, Alice has a lap bar. But there was, there was, some, there was something no, else no, that no, no, there was something else that clamshelled or that had like a that had a space in between the front and the thing. Where I remember the, when that kid yeah. got all jacked up on Roger Rabbit. Oh, you know, oh, that mom was, and dad. Here, yeah. why don't you take a picture with him in the other car and drop him on the? 
drop yeah. him on the track. Not the parental, the you know, and that's I guess that's my frustration with the resort is that parental responsibility means zero. It's really horrible because that that uh, child unfortunately passed away not too long ago as a result of the injury sustained from that, and that's you know it's, you never want to hear that. But yeah. At the same time, mom and dad, you know, put your you know, well, but the, the, the park is brains too. The I mean, park is designed in such a way, you know, for a long time that it was it was it just required people to have common sense, right? Like Thunder for the longest time had no gates. When I first hired him, there were no there were no gates to Thunder, and uh, well, were you around when that when that uh, cast member uh, drove the ECB into the tracks? What? Oh yeah, that, that was awesome. awesome. At Thunder, yeah. Dude, remember when we used Train to Train coming in. Somebody was paying attention and hit the e-stop. <laughs> remember when I stole that golf cart for a week? Oh, that was sweet. <laughs> I would just drive it to and from Ballgate every day? That was the place to park. There's yeah. no more of that. That that ended when I left. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Everyone's got to park at uh, Angel Stadium now. Whatever. But uh, oh, parking God. at Ballgate and having a three-minute walk to your location is long gone for the Westsiders. Yeah, that, that turned into yeah. It's it's um you know for a long time it was over at Catella when, by the Strawberry Fields. Yeah. And then from what I understand, there's a big controversy about them them being bussed in from by Angel Stadium as part of the property there. Oh, well, they were sure. they were giving up uh, the KCML spots for guests because yeah. of the crowding involved with the whole uh, Cars Land and all that. It's just, yeah, and the place think, is so busy the, now. The thing that's the stupid is they have Pumbaa that they could build a structure there and it would be simple to work with. I think a lot of it, I think they're hedging their bets on this whole... There's rumors that came out around D23 this weekend about the whole third park yeah. and how they've had people out there actually estimating in the old strawberry fields for... Something, mm-hmm. um, and then I'll, I'll hit this more toward the end of this show. There's also the huge Tomorrowland stuff that broke today and yesterday, so we'll cover that when we're out of the Storyland part of it. Um, so let's talk. Let's talk dredging the river. Were you guys there during the yeah. Rivers of America dredge? Gentlemen, you okay? Well, yeah. One more. Yeah. One more. Okay, um, I think the what was the best thing you ever? Saw brought out of the river because I there's a couple of things that have become legend golf cart golf ECD <laughs> <laughs> one that disappeared from 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 Ballgate for some reason yeah. uh, I mean, that it has to be golf cart well, Jerry yeah. York was rescuing fish by the five gallon bucket load when they drained jungle oh yeah yeah like like, like bigger like goldfish or whatever. yeah the big, big uh, orange fish they had in the river holy shit you couldn't see because the water's so murky. They put him over at the hotel in the big park pond? No, they dumped, he dumped him in Rivers of America. He was just running trips back and forth to the Rivers Holy of America shit. because he drained jungle but left the rivers uh, full. Yeah, I think the um, we, we've heard uh, bowling ball was one that made it into Rivers of America. Uh, that, that's a little odd. There's been a bowling ball on TV. Yeah, TV. Uh, I think the best thing in ju- the jungle, and I've, I've told this story. I, I retell my stories because I have no short-term memory. Uh, but the uh, prosthetic leg... Yeah. In Jungle was one of those interesting ones that I have no clue how you lose a prosthetic leg. Well, there was that time they pulled that corpse out of there. <laughs> no, that didn't happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can you imagine? There's just like a, you know, like random a dead body. 17 year old kid that they just pull out of the jungle. That'd be awful. So here's a random That'd sidebar. A great way to get rid of a body if you were, say, a mafia hitman. Yeah, who's going to look there? Gonna, yeah. Hey, that's an idea. So when I listened to the Benny and Kaz episode, I believe. Kaz was complaining about having to be in the Irrawaddy when it rained because there was a hole yes. right over where the skipper is. Yes. You get soaked. Let me tell you how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> One grad night, 2008, uh, 
the park is dead. This is before they started like loading up the Grand Knights with 50k. This was like 8k in park. So there's nobody on the Jungle Cruise unless they want to get high. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm taking a deadhead. And so uh, I thought, wow, I've taken deadheads before in the dark. Nothing cool about that, really. I've done it before. So what I did was I set the throttle forward at about, you know, slow to medium speed where it would take about eight or nine minutes to get all the way around without stopping or anything. I climb on the top and I get up on the canopy and I just lay down and I'm looking at the stars through the jungle canopy and everything's beautiful. What did Brent for you? Dunkle. Oh, the Dunkle, okay. And uh, everything was really awesome until Schweitzer Falls comes around and I have a panic attack because there's like six inches of clearance between the top of the boat <laughs> and the bottom of the rockwork. <laughs> so I scramble and my leg promptly punches straight through that rotten old canvas. So there you have it. Wow. Uh, I think the amazing thing about that story is with the lousy audio quality of my first two episodes that you understood what Kaz was saying. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we, we didn't have a clue in the world as to what we were doing audio-wise back then. Because I just got this microphone, I didn't know how sensitive it was, and we were picking up the idiot piano player at Downtown Disney. Uh, we were picking up an exhaust fan. I mean, it's. I'm, I was really hoping Kaz uh, Benny's gonna be back in town eventually, I assume, because uh, he is everywhere. Yeah. Um, and I want to. I want to do another episode with them now that we know. You know. They don't have to be as cautious as they were about their stories. Well, you pick up really some really good Lanai music over there at Trader Sam's, too. Yeah, we do. We get some nice background. Today we're getting... Actually, I, I like how the music mysteriously turned back on. Yeah, yeah I don't know how that happened. Yeah. I think Brent left. <laughs> uh, there we go. Cheers. Can we talk about Safari shenanigans? Because I think oh. Safari shenanigans... Absolutely. And, and I'm sure there's some stuff that's already been talked about. Mandy Coleman's last day has already been talked about? No, no, no. Oh. We have to talk about Mandy Coleman's last day unless you're going to get Mandy Coleman Sunday. You know, we, we can... Well, she lives in Utah, so we, no. We can Probably get everyone. We, we do Skype, but, you know, it's a matter of... Not everyone knows how this internet thing works, and we're yeah. growing slowly, so... So, we had guns still. Yeah, well, they're back now, right? Yeah, they're back They were now. back as of uh, <coughs> 06 or 07. Well, that's a fine... Development. It was, it was right after the 50th anniversary. Now, are they still real guns? They're yeah. still real guns. They're the, the, the lighter carriage frames that they had during the 60s and 70s. They're not the bigger they're not 357s. The they're the still 357. They're just a smaller, or 38 specials. But they're a smaller. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, they're a smaller uh, frame size. They put a larger frame in, I was told it's like 70s and 80s. Uh, so it's a little smaller frame than so it was. It like a 32? No, it's still a 30. It's just a smaller, like, uh, oh, body okay. to it. You know, shorter barrel and less metal to it, which, you know. Um, yeah, no, I was there, I was there 02 to 05-ish. So I just With no you. guns. Yeah, with no guns. And then 06 to 08, when I came back, we had guns again. So, no, I was at the park. I was at DCA. I opened up um, a bunch of rides that are no longer there. So, yeah. Malaboomer. Malaboomer and Orange Stinger. I killed them both. I called that the billion dollar break room when that park opened. Because the only people you would see over there were cast members. I remember I remember working uh, when they brought back the electrical light parade. At the very like start of it there was a little bit of a bump. But I remember walking the parade route with like twenty other cast members and we outnumbered the guests in certain areas. Oh I'm sure. I mean it was that opening was a tragedy. Oh, God. I remember the, the cast previews. I was like, really, guys? But we almost told a story about yeah, Mandy. No, no, please, please. Oh, sorry. 
I've almost told lots of stories, but let's actually finish this one. <laughs> so yeah, back in the day, guns. Do you want to take this? Sure. Uh, yeah, we had guns, and uh, it was Mandy's last day, and you know, last day pranks. That's a classic old uh, tradition of jungle. Yeah, all the way back, gotta, back in the fifties. We got to tell uh, Kurt's. Was it Kurt's last day? I don't know about Kurt's last day. Oh, with the who was it that did the last day with the indie with the indie prank? Do you know about the indie prank? Well, well which Man- one? Mandy's was involved with the uh, Aladdin's Oasis. Yeah, that, that's Trevor Kelly. Oh, that's yeah, Trevor that Kelly. was Trevor yeah, Kelly yeah. that did that. Yeah, that's Trevor. And that that video is online. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I never seen it. I have to look it up. Yeah, that's out there. There's a couple of fun. Trevor enjoyed it. Some fun, uh, some fun videos in the mid aughts So, so Jesse Bandit was the lead, <laughs> and uh, Jesse got a pretty damn good website. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get him on the show, but yeah, I, I haven't heard anything about him since he left Disney and went to Universal. <laughs> yeah, he, he wrote a book actually about the Disney time. So okay, looking at that. So Mandy leaves the dock, and he's like, "What did I? What have I done?" It's her last trip. She gets uh, she gets as far as the Indy queue, and he hears gunshots. Oh, because Andrew Camp, dressed up like a native, and was dancing around over there with a spear that he stole, and uh, she starts shooting at him. A boatload of guests, and then there's just shots fired, and all kinds of goodness ensues. So she gets back to the dock. Of course, he's got security there. She's getting walked out. She knew it was going to happen. She's got a video camera in her locker and she videotapes herself getting walked out. How do you beat that? <laughs> yeah, that's, oh. a, that's a good that's a good uh, a good last day story. There was this when I first hired in there was this chick Sasha who on her last day ran out to the dancing natives. Maybe it was like after her last day, I don't remember. But somewhere around the time that she quit, she went out to the dancing natives and flashed a boat. <laughs> <laughs> that was that that was pretty epic. That um yeah there was I the only flashing incident I know was another skipper as well who was up uh the upper loading area was closed and uh her guy was on the boat downstairs so she flashes hoping that to catch his attention as he's loading the boat or you know he's on the skipper side. Uh, unfortunately it wasn't him it was one of the leads. Because uh, they had swapped out in no man's land and huh. she didn't realize it, so one of the leads got a little bit of an eyeful. So. Oh yeah, nice. Long time coming. Okay. What other? Are there any other good last day stories? I don't. I can't think of any other well, good last day stories. Nobody that I see. We weren't around for like when you could drive the skiff around. Dude, I remember the day that it was totally windy, and like everything had to shut because the winds. That was were Christmas so Day. Yeah. We had bamboo co- completely shut down the river, yep. and they maintenance couldn't come and. And open the ride because a tree fell completely across the rivers of America, and that's a priority. And, and we I, were down like all day. And I totally ended up in the skiff with maintenance, just paddling them around so they could saw things and move things. Yeah. That was probably the best jungle shift that I ever worked. The other best shift that I ever worked was on Columbia. They were filming some sort of safety video for like Disney University or something. Yep. And they were filming it in New Orleans Square. And they realized that they didn't want in the background of any of the shots the big boat that killed people. Huh? <laughs> and, and so uh, they called Chris Larson and I in to take the boat, to take the Columbia, and back it out and park it on the back side of the island so that it wouldn't be in any of the shots. So all day long, Chris Larson and I are sitting there in our Columbia costumes, and we kept the, uh, what the hell was that, those stairs that used to be on the side the, the, when it was yeah. in the, when it was in the, the dry dock? 
the, the, the stairs on wheels. The, the, the stairs on wheels. And so we left those on the side of the boat, and we couldn't leave the boat except to pee. And so, like, Jackie... Well, why did you bother leaving the boat for that? Huh. Well, right. Just, yeah. So Jackie would, like... We would radio Jackie and be like, hey, someone needs to take us to the bathroom. And so she would come out on a Tom Sawyer raft, and we would walk down the stairs and get on this Tom Sawyer raft and go to the bathroom, and then they would shuttle us back. And meanwhile, the canoes were going all day long. So we're <laughs> on the Columbia, and canoes are going by. And so like we were, I mean, we got legitimately bored, you know? And so we uh, we started exploring all the cubby holes and hiding spots on the Columbia, and we found all the all the pirate swords for uh, for Fantasmic, and we started staging like sword fights when the canoes would go by. <laughs> it was an awesome shift. Dude, that was the wrong attraction to put two Jungle Cruise skippers like us on. Oh God! Uh, you remember playing Petey? Oh, Where's it's Petey. Petey. Yeah, oh, yes, Petey. Tell the story of Petey. <laughs> so. You have a you have a Columbia boat with two or three hundred guests on it, and then you've got a bunch of kids, and everyone's running around and playing with stuff. And then you have the guy at the helm driving the boat. And you have Hawkeye who's up front as lookout, and then you have Hawkeye after you leave the dock, walking around asking the kids, "Have you seen my pet bird, Petey? I can't find him anywhere. He's green, with a little bit of red feathers. Has anybody seen him?" Asking all the kids on the boat, "No." But what you do is before you get over to Fort Wilderness, where you fire off the two uh, the two rounds through the cannon, you have these are these are shotgun blanks, which are uh, they have a big space in them, so you can shove whatever you want in them if you wanted to, such as green and red feathers. feathers yeah. And uh, off goes round one, and round two goes, and then Hawkeye screams, "Oh God, Petey!" Uh, we had a lot of like hide the Petey the Parrot because uh, they they, they sold Petey the Parrot at the Tropical Imports. They had like a stuffed green and red parrot. Uh, we had like hide the parrot in the jungle, and if we were bored, we would take a parrot and stick it out there, and uh, everyone would tell the kids to find the parrot, and we could you know not bother spieling the entire trip. We could just be like, okay, kids, find find the parrot. Tell me when you find it. Yeah, and listen to me right here. It's all good. <laughs> if you find it, let me know. I think it was Simba for a while too. Yeah, we have uh, uh, search for Simba. That was for private parties. You have guests loaded with alcohol. Yep. And uh, that's the best way to have a loaded guest, by the absolutely. way. Absolutely, uh, loaded guests, uh, private parties. Oh, private parties! Yeah, I everyone to... gets on the boat and they smell like a bottle of Jack Daniels behind a Seven Eleven. Oh God! Um, yeah. And the search for Simba nights. Search for Simba nights. My yeah. favorite search for Nimba. Simba. Search for Nimba. Search for Simba night was. Uh, it was, it was. I think this was my first search for Simonite, and you know, so I think Jesse was the lead, and he tells us, you know, go go hide these out, go on safari, go hide the Simbas, and uh, I decide that the best thing that you could possibly do would be to hide one under the waterfall that Bertha's in, <laughs> and so I go out there, and I'm, I come back, and I'm soaking wet, and uh, well, you went to the backside. I went through the door behind. Yeah, Bertha. the door behind Bertha. Yeah, the door behind Bertha. And I and so I went out there, but to get where I wanted to put the Simba where it could be seen, I had to walk through the waterfall. <laughs> Got it. I was very committed to Simba being seen. And and so I come back to the docks soaking wet. And by this time the, the attraction's open, and Jesse looks at me and goes, 
why are you wet? <laughs> it was like, well, because I put the Simba out where people could see him by Bertha. And he was like, well, someone's going to have to get that at the end of the night. I'll do it. Well, <laughs> well he was like, no, go, you're already wet. Go move that Simba. <laughs> and so I go back out there. I go back through the door, and I'm going to get Simba. And as Simba, <laughs> as the boat comes by, I, I'm grabbing Simba as the boat goes by, and I just lift it up, and I'm like, Matsapena Jabadid! <laughs> I was like, what the hell else are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, were you guys working big boats uh, around the time of the 99-2000 uh, the New Year rollover? No, we were later on, like, oh, mm-hmm. one. Um, we were at Jungle until... Uh, Oh yeah, it was definitely 01. Okay, so did, yeah. did you hear about the incredible, I don't, the incredible stupidity of Disney management on the rollover night? No. So they gave, as part of their entry pack, they gave out the hats, like they always do, but they also gave out glow sticks. Oh yeah. That yeah. on the side of the glow stick said "99 2000 Wish Sticks Break at New Year's Eve." Yeah. What they didn't expect though is that everyone who had just seen Fantasmic. And who was waiting for the New Year's countdown at midnight would crack the sticks and shake them and then throw them into the river. At which point they ran another, they ran the pyro for New Year's Eve, and all of these things started popping and cracking as the, uh, the plastic melted. That's awesome. So by the end of the night, you had these glow sticks just littering the entire rivers of America with all the trash, all the, the, the multicolor stuff. But yeah, as the as the pyro would go off, they had the flame jets underneath for Fantasmic. It would light them on fire, and they'd stay on fire. So you had this show that never ended. And then apparently, the, the next few days, they were getting caught in the uh, in the Twain wheel. Oh, I'm sure. For, yeah, week, for yeah. a couple of weeks, they were all over the shore. That's just classic was, uh, management foresight. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hey, uh, let's give everybody a silent light stick. Speaking of foresight, I want to. Uh, <laughs> I didn't get to share this when, when you told the Petey story. Do you remember the luau that we had on the boats where we had the streamers? Oh. So we had this luau in the ice house, and I hear the ice house has been demolished. What? Yeah. At, at Indy? No, at, at, at boats. Twain, Twain Dock. On the Twain Dock. See, I never knew that area, so... That was kind of our break room uh, lead office slash uh, okay. get away from the guest area. Yeah, it's where the river rats all hung out. Yeah, yeah see, and that, that, and that had already become part of... Um, was it part of New, yeah, it was part of New Orleans Critter Country because yeah. canoes moved yeah. over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So by that point, I was, by the time I would did, was doing Indie Jungle, it was already gone from... You know, from yeah, it was always Adventureland, or no, it was always uh, Critter Country. Yeah, but see, you guys were there before the landlock. Yeah, before yeah. landlock. Yeah, yeah so once right. once the landlock hit, we were yeah, you never two saw separate anything. animals. Never saw anything over there. So, so yeah. So anyway, long story short, we had this we had this this luau, and there were these streamers that said Aloha that, mm-hmm. that someone brought in. And I was looking at this roll of streamers that was left over, and I was like, oh my god, that is the exact perfect size to cram down the barrel of the Columbia cannon. <laughs> and, and, and in my mind, I envisioned this this grand thing that would happen when I shot off the cannon on my next trip where, like, it would be kind of like, you know, like those party poppers that you yeah, pull and, yeah, like, you, the streamers you, come yeah, out? Yeah, you saw it having, like, a single stream as it went over the house yeah. like a roll of toilet paper. Yeah. Know. Instead, what happens is, like, fi- I, we get around on the back side of the island and I fire off the cannon and this burning ball of paper fire comes shooting out of the cannon and goes into the bushes. And it was on fire. 
And I was like, oh shit, I am going to get fired today. I have just lost my job. I can't tell you the number of days I've thought that. <laughs> I seriously thought that I was going to set Tom Sawyer Island, Island on fire. fire. Yeah. And, uh, and it, it just uh, amazing that I did not. And, and nobody knew about that except for me and I think Eric Raby, who was in charge of piloting. Maybe it was Chris Larson. It was either Eric Raby or Chris Larson. That doesn't matter. Nobody yeah. gives a shit about that. But uh, I just have to say that, you know, really the courtesy that's exhibited out here tonight, this is a good place for uh, coming and hanging out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is you know, not not bad vantage point we have. <laughs> thought I'd mention that as we were sitting here. Yeah, Welcome Twisted back. Vine is a good place. Yeah, so, that was a lot of fun. You were talking about Smiley not too long ago. We were. Podcast. We actually we actually Smiley? just... You don't uh, remember Smiley? Uh, we actually Smiley? just on this last episode that just went up on Tuesday. Yeah. This last Tuesday, of course. You know, I forget that time is a non-linear relative something, rather, and that this will be a month before it goes up. But, uh, no, um, there was a, a guest who... Um, oh, Smiley. Yeah, yeah would, Smiley would, would harass... Yeah, the horse. Yeah, <laughs> the one who beat off the horse. Yes, now I know who Smiley is. He, uh, yeah, he, uh, my girlfriend worked steam trains at the time, and she knew him. And then he started showing up at Jungle, yep. looking for uh, female skippers. Oh, yes, yes, and he yes. wanted to sit right up front. Yep. And uh, I was the lead at the time, so I'm like, ain't going to happen. Let's go around till Randy gets here. Oh, you God, Randy. Right, you can sit right next to Randy with his uh, uh, shorts, short shorts. <coughs> yeah, those, those shorts should have been outlawed. Yeah. Those for some best you can put your leg up on the box. Like, Come on up here, little buddy, right by the skipper. Uh, I can't tell you. There, I want to say I popped out. Like there was just you know, <laughs> so, if I put my leg up, something was gonna pop out of the bottom of those. So, things. how many skippers have you gotten to admit on this podcast that their favorite thing to do was to turn around while piloting the boat and fart on someone's head? We actually, we've, we've actually discussed that the uh, there's a great responsibility for if you had a, a group of guests you didn't like. As you're going down the river, you slow the throttle down so you can visually watch everyone's faces from the front of the boat as it's moving back. You can literally see the change in their eyes. If it's a great boat and you like them and there's a lot of good people or there's some cute girls, you jam the throttle down so the air and the wind would disrupt that natural pattern. But um, I, had, I hadn't heard as the farting on a head is revenge thing. Oh, God, I loved farting on heads. That was, I mean, hands if I could do one thing today... It would, I would I would still go back there just to fart on a head. All right, hold on a second. Yay, motorcycle. So, so I got one... Well, you know, by the way, it, you can go to Amsterdam and pay someone for that. So oh. you're you know, more than... I'll do it for free. You'll do it for free. If you want me to fart on your head, please, come. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get any sort of satisfaction out of it other than a moral satisfaction, but man, is it great.